the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett, and it's been a little while since I've been able to catch up with London Free Press reporter and columnist Jane Sims. Jane, how are you today? I'm great, Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much, and thanks for taking time. I know you're very busy, a lot going on in courts today, so anybody listening right now, too, keep your eyes on the pages of the London Free Press and over at lfpress.com. No shortage of things happening in the city, but I have you here today because there is also no shortage of things to talk about with regards to COVID. There's Every time I think things are kind of calming down a little bit, something happens. Now, we've obviously seen the Freedom Convoy make headlines for the past week and a half, two weeks now. Um, But there's a lot to talk about with regards to boosters, what's going on with the borders. And we had some big breaking news with the three provinces announcing mandates ending. So I think we should start maybe with boosters, Jane. Um, You wrote a really, really interesting column a couple of days ago about how boosters are kind of lagging, especially in kids. So what are the numbers yep. looking like right now? And why why are we seeing this lag? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. So first of all, I'll say this. I think the boosters are lagging in people under the age of 50, mostly under the age of 40. I mean, folks like me, the, the almost seniors and the super seniors, we've done it. We're doing it, but there does not seem to be the urgency amongst uh, parents, let's say. I will say parents, because it kind of correlates with what's happening with kids. We haven't even hit 60% in Middlesex, London, of, of kids between the ages of 5 and 11 who have gotten their first dose. Um, it's completely different when you go to the 12 to 17s. A lot of that has to do with their ability to participate in things beyond school, Uh we went through that back in September, also be able to participate in things in school, um, and they've been champs. But right now, there's we have hit this moment that is so fascinating. Uh, we still have a crisis on our hands, but we're sick of the crisis. We've run out of patience. Um, we feel that, and you know, this convoy stuff aside, I think that there is a general feeling of, okay, we stepped up and we did what we needed to do. And, you know, maybe, you know, we have lots of friends who are still getting sick and they're not getting that sick. So maybe we need to start moving on here. So I, I, I think what's happened, you know, Dr. Summers, God bless him. I mean, he's got one of the toughest jobs around because he's trying to engage with a community that's kind of checked out as far as doing, you know, you know, doing what's being asked, you know, he's, 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 you know, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, he doesn't want to be alarmist, but at the same time, what he's seeing is that there is a real gap here regarding booster shots that need to go into arms or else we're going to see even more of a crisis than we're seeing in the hospitals. Something that he said that resonated with me. And, and let me tell you, I'm, I'm in the camp too, that there are some things I think we should try to kind of shake away a little bit, but you know, back in, if you remember back in October when Delta was, was starting to fade out and people were vaccinated, we felt like we had, we had 
pretty much kicked this thing. We had like 15 cases a day, right? Now, the counts yesterday, like it was way over 100 cases. And we went, oh, that's good. <laughs> right? And that's a fraction, a fraction of what's out there because only certain people can get to get PCR tests right now. So the amount of disease still out in the community is very, very high. The protection that's necessary is booster doses because they do turn it into, I'll say it, into a much milder illness. And I, and I, I can say that because I'm a boosted individual who, yes, did have Omicron. So, um, so it's been difficult to logically explain to people why you still need to go get a shot without bringing the same kind of alarms as we had last time. And, you know, that's why I think the messages that you're seeing coming out of these convoys, although they are extreme and they are extreme and they, they have a tendency to be a little bit of a temper tantrum about everything else, but what's being asked of us as far as COVID is concerned, you know, there is that feeling of, you know what, I think we've probably had enough. And, and today, today I wrote about just one little thing that they could do that would make people feel better, I think. And that has to do with, with, with traveling back and forth across the U.S.-Canada border. Canada is one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. And Ontario certainly is one of the most vaccinated provinces. And yet, to make just a trip over the border, and we all live close to a border, you know, Mayor Sarney said to me yesterday, you know, he said, you know, we're all border cities, really, when we think about it. To make that trip across the border, you still have to go get, get a test to be able to come back into the country, even though you're fully vaccinated, because that's the only way you get into the country. So there are things that I think the federal government at this point, they've dug in their heels because of what's going out on out on the streets of Ottawa and what's happening in Windsor and Sarnia today. They've dug in their heels, but at some point they're going to have to start loosening this up a little bit i think you nailed so many things on the head nobody i believe and i could be wrong and i'll probably get skewered for it likes lockdowns and you nailed it we are all feeling fatigued whether you fall pro-vaccine or anti-vax nobody likes the lockdowns mental health is a real thing. And the lockdowns have been very detrimental for a lot of people. We're seeing the demand with regards to mental health. That's not up for debate, but you're right. Then there are very extreme points of view happening that we are seeing in Ottawa or what we saw in Toronto over the weekend. And then today you look around Cerny on the 402, what a mess, the Ambassador Bridge and the, the, the money that we are seeing, like Ambassador Bridge is the busiest border crossing in Canada, the disruption is real. So what is the answer here? Because there also seems to be some confusion with regards to provincial mandates versus federal mandates. And there's been a lot of murkiness in the water. And I think a lot of people could use a high school civics refresh to be quite frank. Um, but what we're seeing is not good, one, and detrimental to the economy at this point with regards to border closings. So what is the answer? I know you wrote about the PCR testing crossing the border. I agree with you. I think some things need to change. And I think a lot of these mandates, some of them are not making sense at this point. And I think that's that's part of the issue. I don't know yeah. what the answer is, Jane. Well, 
I don't think the answer is blocking borders and making it tougher on everybody. I mean, what's the point of that? I, you know, if, if you want things to change, you know, let's stop, stop. Let me put it this way. We keep punishing people who've done the right thing, right? And, you know, I, I, I think that, that you know, and I, I, I get a lot of really nasty mail and stuff about this, but if you are unvaccinated at this point, you know, you've got to understand the rest of the community is really upset with you because you're the one that's prolonging this, right? And the saddest part, what's really, really sad to me, Ontario is reporting 65 deaths today. And I haven't seen Millicent London's numbers today. I know we were up to 15 deaths in February and it's only February 10th. Um, I had that horrible realization in, middle, in the middle of January that my goodness, 10% of all the deaths during the pandemic happened in January, what happened in January, and that was about by about 20, the 22nd or 23rd of January. People are dying of this. And, you know, yes, it's a lot of elderly people that have been vaccinated, some boosted, okay? But there's a lot of unvaccinated people. And when you see those, when you see someone in their 50s, or like when they tell you on from the health unit, yeah, so this is this one's unvaccinated, this one's this. I, I, I can't help but think, oh my gosh, this was so unnecessary, right? And let's add in the other part of this too. It's the folks who need cancer surgeries and heart surgeries and hip replacements and knee replacements and treatments and everything else. And not only have we made it difficult for them to get their treatments because we're filling up the hospitals again, we have these protests going on outside the hospitals and people aren't able, you know, I'm hearing now these are very, I will say, I, I have not verified these reports, but I will tell you there's there's rumblings around communities that say it's becoming very difficult to get into the hospitals because of the activities that go on in front of them. And those poor folks up in Ottawa, they didn't ask for this. You know, that's, you know, at some point, at some point, I understand the prime minister digging in his heels because he didn't want to give in, right? But at some point he's going to have to say, okay, what can we do here? What, but you know, let's let's do something here. We have to really look at this, and he's got to do it in a because like we're reaching a, a point now that it's it's the, you know, we're reaching a boiling point that we may not be able to cool off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something is going to tip the scales absolutely, and it almost feels like those of us who have played the game are being punished to a certain degree because other people feel so strongly on the opposite side of things. Now, something else I want Because they don't want to be told what to do. Let's, yes. let's, let's, let's make it clear. They, yes. they don't want to be told what to do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you're completely right, yeah. Jane. And that yeah. leads me to my next question for you. We are seeing Alberta, Saskatchewan, PEI mandates being lifted. So vaccine passports no longer going to be a thing. And then by the end of February across the three provinces, no more mask mandate, which to me... It was a little jarring to read. I'm not going to lie. I was like, whoa, that happened in a hurry. Um, and then a lot of people are saying, good, the convoy is working. Uh, when is Ontario going to be next? And I think there also seems to be a lot of confusion with regards to populations in the provinces. Ontario is a huge province compared to Alberta, Saskatchewan, PEI. Um, do we think we are going to see anything as drastic as that happen here in Ontario? The last date that Premier Doug Ford gave us for the reopening stages was March 14th. 
Um, do we see the vaccine passport, that program dissipating and mask mandates being lifted? You remember back in the fall, he was talking about January. Remember that? Like, I do remember that. I remember like a chill went through me like, mm, I don't know if that's a good idea. They they walked back that as soon as Omicron showed up, right? Um, <laughs> listen, I have a, a couple of sneaky feelings here that first of all, he, as far as, as Dr. Summer says, he wants to see three weeks of, 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 uh, uh, progress with the lifting of restrictions before you take any down. I think there's enormous pressure on uh, the premier and Dr. Moore to speed that along. And I would not be, not that I did, I think it's just a, a hunch I have. I would not be surprised if we don't go the full three weeks that we start seeing some more stuff taken off. That said, and it, really because we're watching that, we're watching such a dramatic nosedive of the of what we know about how much Omicron is out there. I also think there's enormous pressure on the premier uh, who is, let's be perfectly clear, both he and, and the liberal leader, Mr. Mr. Del Duca and, and Ms. Horvath, they have their fingers up in the wind. They have an election coming in a few months and, um, you know, thing, you know, what was the one yesterday? Oh, we're gonna get rid of driver's license. License stick, plate stickers. Right? Like, I mean, I, it's, it, it's retail politics 101 that's going on. So because of that, and, you know, I think what will happen is that the premier will want these restrictions lifted. He said it before, as soon as possible, right? You know, not one day, not one day later than when we can. So um, don't be surprised by that. Stay tuned on that. I can see that happening. Both uh, Ontario and Quebec have signaled that they are doing this, at, you know, soon. Um, as for what Saskatchewan and um, Alberta and Prince Edward Island are doing, well, you know, there is a common denominator there, at least with two of them. And, uh, and it has everything to do with, with, uh, with a very conservative agenda. And I think the biggest problem we have right now is once we make that lift, we lift all that restriction. I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle if we have another outbreak. And, um, I, we're tired. We're just, we're just all so tired. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I think we both came into this podcast today going, yeah, we got to talk about COVID. Here we go again, because a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. They just want to get on with things. And I would say it's most people. I would yeah. tend to agree with that, Jane. That's where yeah. we're going to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to leave things there for the day because we could go all day. There's no shortage of things to talk about, but we're not going to solve the world's problems or Canada's problems or Ontario's problems by discussing this thing. So I have a little podcast. Come on, Lindsay, we can do it. Can't you know? we? <laughs> we can <laughs> I try. This. Can I, can I, can I just leave one thing though? Sure. I mean, I will say this, the health unit and public health in general, wherever you live. Okay. They're doing their darndest here to make it easy for you to get a shot. All right. If you have a youngin who is eligible, get them in for, for a shot. They're back in school. And, and let's, let's be clear, it's pretty vulnerable there. And they can bring it home to one of your older relatives, and it can be very bad. And if you don't have a booster, I know the booster can make you feel kind of crummy. And, you know, I, I mean, I had the same thing, although my third one was great. But, you know, you got, you know, one day of, of fatigue is better than three weeks on a ventilator. So 
so you know get your booster you, you bought in for the first two we just need you to get the third one Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insight today, Jane. I look forward to the next time we chat. I think next time I'm going to bring popcorn because I don't, I really don't know what's going on anymore. Things are kind of <laughs> seeming like the wild west uh, at some avenues. So thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We so appreciate it. You can always hit subscribe if you haven't done that yet. We have a new episode every Thursday and we will be back again next Thursday with another edition of the LF Press Podcast. Until then, stay well.